Hey, good evening. Welcome to uh, Off the Air with the big fellow, Demetrius Johnson, DJ. I am joined by my girl, Circuit Attorney Kim Garner of the city of St. Louis. Kim, how you doing? Fine. Thank you, DJ, for having me. Well, you know, it's the eve of the your, your re-election campaign. Um, let's talk about it. How, how's it going? First of all, it's going good. Like, you know, the day before the election is always busy. And always, uh, we trying to get the final logistics together. So, it's just a lot of a lot of work. So when, when so what what goes to your mind right now, Kim, and what's happening right now in, in your camp? Right now, we just continue <clears throat> to to push forward. Like we have a plan, like we always do. You know, one of the things is making sure that we have you know adequate number of poll workers and people know where they're going. Making sure we um, have the appropriate food and hydration and proper uh, protection with the COVID-19 pandemic, we have to make sure we, we have a mask, we have a sanitizer, we have directions on how to appropriately social distance, and we make sure we we give people uh, breakfast as well as lunch. And so we're just making sure we have everything. And, and of course, the shirts is key to it all. <laughs> well, you know, I have not got my Kimberly Gardner shirt yet. I'll be picking mine up tonight. So I could be wearing it all day tomorrow. Yes, you can. You know, and I'm gonna have my whole posse wearing them. Okay. So I look forward to wearing my Kim Gardner shirt. Um, what do you think about uh, the great support that you're getting? First of all, DJ, it's, I'm so humbled and and honored that people really are coming out to support me because it's very rare that the community supports the prosecutor. But in this case, you know, I'm the people's prosecutor. I'm the people's champ. So um, many people from communities that most people, you know, actually talk about and say that we don't like law enforcement or we don't want a prosecutor to to do the right things, they are overwhelmingly speaking up and saying we want our vote to count and we want to keep Kim Gardner in because I'm doing the work that they elected me to do in 2016. I want to continue that work. Oh, oh you surprised at all the major support you're getting from the community? I'm surprised that in, in, in spite of all the attacks that I've received day one since I was in office and all the uh, some of the media who actually puts out misinformation to to cause fear and, and, and mistrust with what I'm doing and what we've done in the office since I've, I've been in this position. It's 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 really overwhelming because, um, you know, I tell people sometimes you hear it long enough, you start to believe it because it's so much misinformation that is purposely placed out there to cause you know, distrust with the system. And that's the problem. Well, talk about, uh, before we get down to really getting into some some some, some issues and situation, talk about the big caravan you guys just had. I mean, first of all, that was amazing. We were, uh, we started off at Forest Park and, and Kings Highway and um, was at Lindell. And there was a caravan and there were people marching in the streets all the way to, to Natural Bridge and Kings Highway. That's a long way, but we, were able to basically shut down King's Highway for a period of time to come out and show support. And it was so humbling because, you know, I thought that we were just going to come out and, and just try to get people riled up to say, hey, come out, support Kim Gardner. But it was people crying. It was people who were coming out there from their homes because in in North City, we haven't seen something like that in a long time. We don't really have, you know, the, the, the parades or, or this big to do. And it was it was powerful, and I I saw little kids marching, honking their horns. It was people from all walks of life, you know, um, genders, race, sexual orientation coming out. I mean, it was it was very humbling and exciting. Uh, so so let so let's before like I said, I want to I want to just talk to you on that positive note with that energy, the the energy that people are showing out here for you is just tremendous. I feel like you, DJ. When I like you played in the NFL, I felt like a star. That's what I felt like. I mean, I never, I never had the luxury of being a professional athlete, but I felt like, you know, I was, I'm ready for the big match, the big matchup. I'm Mike Tyson now. <laughs> All right, I got you. I got you. Yeah. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, hey, one two, one two, right? All right, I like that. So let's let's get down now. Uh, Kim Gardner, you 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 became circuit uh, attorney uh, a few years ago, mm -hmm. and. When you first stepped in office, there was a lot of the old boys from St. Louis, old white boys in St. Louis, saying, we're going to destroy Kim Gardner. We're going to come after you. Talk about that experience, man. I mean, so our people know how important that what you've been going through to fight for 
for change for us? Well, it's important. I mean, when I was elected, I was elected to implement reform. And when I eventually won the primary in 2016, I had a meeting and I know this date because it's, it's the day my father passed away. My, my, one of my biggest supporters, um, December 18, 2016, uh, me and, um, my constant, uh, you know, person who works with me in my campaigns is Maurice Foxworth. We were asked to a meeting with the police union, as well as uh, some of the former Greitens uh, defense council. Um, they weren't that at the time. And basically we were told that if we did not uh, give the police uh, union and, and some of the police officers what they want, they would make sure every day I'm in office, they will cause me problems and I won't be reelected. And basically they've held good on their promise. But, you know, let's talk about that. They came in there from day one and said, we're going to destroy you. And you filed charges saying, hey, I'm an elected official that's been threatened talking about doing something to me. And nobody heard nothing about it. They just, it was no, it was no um, information given out. It was no report found. Talk about that to our, 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 our voters who we need to come out and vote for you tomorrow. Well, it really is the fear of of fear rhetoric and the bullying tactics that they use all the time. I mean, if you think about it, I want to put it in perspective. Most prosecutors around the country um, never, one, would bring charges against any police officer because of what you see taking place with Kim Gardner, because you have people who have an imbalance in terms of the power. So you have the stat, the very powerful few who can, one, do the things they're telling you they can do. They will put out misinformation because the media um, basically goes to the police and they are able to leak misinformation, which you see splattered across the, the um, TV. Just like today, when we had the unfortunate uh, incident of a police officer who was off duty, who was shot by um, some juveniles, um, Jeff Rorta again, the most divisive rhetoric um, individual who has who basically said that I should be removed by force or by choice um, and threatened me many times. He basically got on um, the newspaper and basically told them that it's because of me of why the police officer was shot because of my now, policies. Now think about what this man is saying. It's a, it's because of Kim Gardner, somebody got shot. Yeah. Like you are controlling their movement. You are the one that's making them do these ridiculous things out here. And, well, he's working and, and, with my opponent, DJ. I'm just going to be clear. Why I want to say this point, he's working with my opponent because if you notice, uh, my opponent is basically saying that she's reform-minded, which I don't even know what kind of reform she's talking about, reforming back to mass incarceration of 2020 because there's really nothing she's ever done reform-minded. And she was supported by the police union and the same rhetoric that she is touting the police union is touting, and they support her today. And so no one is really looking at it. All you have to do is look at her ethics report. The who's who of the status quo tacticians are all on her, her ethics report. So it's the misinformation that they, the coordinated few with my opponent who are putting out the informa misinformation, like I'm not holding violent individuals accountable. I'm not issuing cases because of turnover. We're not doing our job. And that's simply not true. People, when you elected me to to reform a system, people are going to leave because if people stay, that means I'm not reforming the system and making the changes needed. But we never talk about the people who stay. We always talk about the people who left. And turnover is always going to be high in an in a office where the starting salary when I first got in is $40,000. And we were able to increase that to $50,000 to be uh, actually competitive with the other prosecutor's office across the state. We also try more cases than every other jurisdiction. Most people don't know St. Louis County and St. Louis City are very different. We try more cases, we deal with more violent cases, and we and we go to trial more times. And so my people are marketable. One year with the city of St. Louis is like 10 years anywhere else. And that's the difference. Kim Gardner, this is what, what I need to, to know from you. How do you go home at night knowing that they got threats on your life, that people are trying to hurt you. But in your mind, you say, hey, man, I'm putting my life on the line to make sure I can give a true change to what's going on. How did you, how do you dig that? Black men, let me, let me say this. Coward-ass black men don't do that. Black men in this city are cowards. You are standing up and fighting for the rights of poor black folks and poor folks in general, what 
What makes you continue to fight through this? Well, I just want to say that I stand on the shoulders of people who made it possible for me to be the first you know, elected African-American prosecutor in the city of St. Louis, like a John Lewis, like many of the civil rights leaders. You know, what we're dealing with, even that we say is tough, is nothing tough is what they've had to go through to get us to this point. And so I look to the, the people who led the way for me to be in this position. And I say, look, you have to understand that you have to come with grits with death so you can make changes. And I believe in the changes because people elected me to fight. They did not say, Kim Gardner, we want you to be passive. They did not say, Kim Gardner, we want you to, to play it safe. They said, make the changes needed because we all want justice. We all want a safe city. And we all want people to fight for everyone inside the city of St. Louis. And that's what I'm doing. I'm just bringing the office back into the true mission of a prosecutor to be ministers of justice, not merely uh, pursue convictions. And that's what people fail to understand. A prosecutor is a minister of justice. And that's what we've never actually talked about. We always talk about conviction rates, which is less than 3% of our total work. Kim, uh, there, there are people, white folks, 99%, 99.9% of white folks I talk to, or I hear the ridiculous stuff they're saying, they say things like, Kim Gardner, she's letting murderers on the street. She don't care that somebody kills her. She ain't even prosecuting them. What what benefits you not to prosecute somebody who's killing somebody? Well, that's the fear and misinformation that is put out by the, the police union and the status quo tacticians. Most murders have been unsolved even before I took office. So when you talk about holding a violent individual accountable, well, that means we have to make sure we have adequate investigation and evidence to present so a prosecutor can review a, a charges for uh, actual to go forward. But that is the issue. A lot of times we are not the investigative body. It is the police who have to solve these cases. And the number one reason why we can't go forward on a case is lack of evidence. The number two reason is lack of witness and victim participation because people don't trust the whole system. And that's where when I talk about building trust in the system, that's why it's so important. So when you talk about violent individuals that we have to hold accountable, we have people who want to come forward, but most people fear the system in general. And it's not just police I'm talking about. It's how the police sometimes in some bad apples dehumanize people who need police the most. That led to the eight minutes and 46 seconds that 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 caused the death of Mr. George Floyd and others that we hear about every day. It is the individuals that feel like once you have a case, a prosecutor is going to overcharge that individual. And then if you go into the courts, that the courts will sentence you to long periods of time. And we know in Missouri, particularly um, an African-American, by the AG's uh, statistics of this year, we are stopped more than any other group in the whole state of Missouri. And that's an issue. So when we talk about reforming the system, we have to look at the systemic racism that the criminal justice system has perpetuated. And a reform-minded prosecutor like myself wants to dismantle and rebuild the system to be fair and just for everybody. And that's the issue. Yeah, talk about AG, uh, Eric Schmitz. I mean, he's sitting up here talking about, oh, we need to go and dismantle her office. Taylor, in the history, listen to what I'm about to say, folks. In the history of our uh, policing of the city of St. Louis, I have never seen a prosecuting attorney get attacked like you. You got President Trump saying, I'm going to support those people in the West End. You got the governor talking about calling a meeting to change, try to change the laws, which is ridiculous, which you can't do, to try to get you out of the office. And you got the state senator, you got the United States Senator John Holly, the biggest freaking racist going. And you got Eric Smith. You got, oh, think about what's the common denominator, guys. You got one, two, three, four. You got four white men in power who's attacking a black woman who's trying to make the system fair for everybody, not just one segment of the community. You treat it all the same. Talk about the attack from the president, the governor, the state senator, the United States senator, and the attorney general of the state of Missouri. Well, once again, DJ, this is the, the flawed rhetoric of President Donald Trump and people who follow him. And so we have to really look at what, why would Donald Trump, the president, inject himself in a jurisdiction where the prosecutor has the duty of who they charge, what they charge, and when they charge, and to investigate any potential criminal activity in their jurisdiction. Well, if you look at it and we want to break it down, 
those two of those individuals have never been uh, run for office where the governor Parsons, he's never run for governor, as well as Attorney General Eric Schmidt, he's never run. And so when you have people who are also on the ballot August 4th, they they are using this as political pandering to misdirect and distract the public from the real issue, their failed attempt to address a COVID-19 pandemic that we're dealing with and people are suffering and dying in our state where the senator is not given any resources to our state and doesn't care about access to healthcare, as well as uh, Governor Governor uh, Mike Parsons, who's telling people to bring their kids to school in a pandemic, but he doesn't care about what having mandatory mask requirements, essential workers, or bringing resources so we have appropriate testing, um, contact tracing, and the things that we need to deal with to stop the spread of this deadly virus. And then you have another one, uh, Attorney General Eric Schmidt, He's against healthcare access and Medicaid expansion, but then he wants to talk about violent crime. But they've never run, and they're on the ballot August fourth. So this is their only thing that they could talk about because they have no uh, record of doing anything other than gutting our gun laws. All the violent crime you're talking about is because Mike Parson and Eric Schmidt, when they were senators, they took that vote to gut our gun laws. They took that vote to make us more violent. They took that vote to give everyone access to a gun and stand your ground laws. They took that vote to cut social services for 300,000 kids in the state of Missouri. They took that vote to say no to expanding healthcare access. So when they talk about making people less safe, they that's the only record they have. But when it comes to really talking about violent crime, they have no experience. They're not in our jurisdiction. They don't care about North City. They've never been in North City, been on the streets and understand the devastation and destruction of broken systems, or do they care? All they care about is pandering to a base that does not live in North City. And so it's the fear of divide and racial divisiveness that they choose to to join in with President Donald Trump because they have no success. So it's the fear of keeping uh, going back to a certain way. And I don't know, was it the 1960s, the 1930s? I don't know where they're trying to go back to. Might be that, but the, the, and it's the, voter the, suppression. Actually, 50s. they want to perpetuate voter suppression. So that's the the, the true issue is voter suppression and and taking out elected officials because they have no they have no uh, success record. They have zero success. Kim, th- this incident that happened with that that family you know, in the Central West End. All right, this is the thing that 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 really bothered me about it. When. Y- the police brought the, the information to you. Then you looked at it. You say we're going to press. We're going to file charges against these people. They, the lawyer, supposedly had the gun for a few days, and the lawyer supposedly took the gun and turned it in. Receiving the gun, the gun is inoperable. That's what the news came out and said. Oh, it's an inoperable gun. It's not working. And they said on the news. Allegedly, you, your office say, assemble the gun, put it together, let's see if it works. They put it together, and it works. Let, 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 me, let me make this. It don't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. If I got a loaded gun in my hand, if my gun ain't loaded and I'm afraid of a crowd of people, I'm not going to come out with a, with, a, with, a, with a cap gun and say, get back. Okay? Then... The lawyer takes the gun, or whomever take the gun, supposedly, and dismantle it and turn it in. Like the gun inoperable. And then they try to make it seem as if the gun that you took from the lady was inoperable. It didn't work. Duh, if I disassemble it, it ain't going to work. It don't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. And they try to make it seem as if there was no threat there, Kim. But we know if they have the gun in their possession for two to three days, you can make it inoperable and then turn it in. You know, so why would they make it seem as if we didn't have a clue of the misunderstanding? Now you see the misunderstand, the misinformation uh, they put out there to try to just discourage you and just come after you like you're incompetent. You don't know nothing. Why are they constantly? constantly trying to bring you down because you are not one of the old boys. Talk about that. 
Well, I think, you know, one of the things that I have to be cautious with, as is, is you know, DJ, is that, you know, I can't talk about an open investigation or a open case, but I want to assure the public that we will not bring any charges in any instance where we, we're we not confident we can prove those charges at trial. That's one thing. Second of all, this is the same thing, the fear and misinformation that is um, used to divide as well as to deter um, prosecutors from holding everyone accountable. This is not about a certain situation. Prosecutors evaluate um, investigations and jurisdictions every day without fanfare or immediate attention. And we, um, for example, have cases where you don't even have to have a weapon to to prove certain charges. So, you know, this is, uh, again, a lot of the misinformation put out by the powerful few who want to skew it in a way to political pander. And that's what it really is. This is not about what um, a prosecutor is choosing to do. What this is about is people being misdirected to really uh, discourage people to uh, vote a certain way in that prosecutor's election. And that's what this is about. This is about uh, silencing the will of the people. The people who are doing this want the people of the city of St. Louis not to, um, to pay attention and to vote. They want to distract and say, hey, we know what's best. We know what's best for you. When you pick someone to implement form, then we're going to put every measure to stop that reform from happening. And they want to act like that when I got in office, that somehow that these impediments weren't put in place. But in spite of we've been successful and really it's just the fear of change. It's the fear of the status quo tacticians who are losing power and putting things back in perspective that we're going to pursue justice, not merely political uh, safe decision call making that people want to pander to a base. And that's the dangerous proposition Missouri is going into when you have people who are willing to inject politics and how people prosecute. And that's simply what you cannot do as a prosecutor. You cannot put your politics, regardless of you're a Democrat or Republican, in your decision making. But we have outside music from individuals who want to inject politics and then come, turn and say that somehow the decision we make are po political. It's a farce. It's a red herring. And it's actually disastrous. And hopefully, and I know people in the city of St. Louis know um, people who are talking are frauds. And, and it's, it's simple. The truth versus lies. You know, we want to take this, this thing back to a way where people don't care about police accountability. People don't care about people suffering and dying in the streets at the hands of violence. But we have people saying that they're going to fly around the city and, and, and address these issues when they've never walked the streets of North City ever in their life. They've never been to uh, seeing these individuals where people live and how people are living in some of the areas in North City because I grew up in North City all my life. And I understand what devastation and destruction of violent crime does to the communities. When it cuts off opportunities, it causes mistrust. And when people just want to feel safe, but they don't understand, they think safe is when you have a certain type of case. That's not scratching the surface of violent crime in the city of St. Louis. And we have to really have better conversations. And it's dist it's disturbing that you have people from the president, from the Senator Josh Hawley, who has a law license, which I don't understand why, from the attorney general, as well as the governor, to inject themselves in the decision making of a prosecutor. And they know you simply cannot do that. Kim, and that, that's a good point you made. How many prosecuting attorneys of any state that you've heard the, the president, the governor, the state senator, the AG come after and say ridiculous stuff. I mean, well, I've, I've never heard, heard of it. I've heard, I've heard one is usually the reform of African-American female prosecutors, the, the women who came down to support me. We have vitriol like no other. Even our reform uh, male counterparts do not get the scrutiny and the level of dehumanization that we have to deal with. So one of the examples, not to the level of me, but Aramis Ayala, you know, in Florida, you have Marilyn Mosby in Baltimore, you have Kim Fox in Chicago. I mean, what they're doing is they, they have they make it comfortable for, you know, uh, people to come down and dehumanize us and to cause us harm. I mean, we have people in, in this jurisdiction telling me that I should have a bullet in my head or I should die from the virus, that I should be hung by the KKK. These are some disgusting, vile things. And what they want you to do is back down. But what I'm not going to do is, is, is back down because guess what? What they've done in this jurisdiction is, is unacceptable. 
and I'm going to fight for the people who put me in the office and I'm going to continue to make those hard calls. And I'm not saying that all my decisions are going to be uh, supported by the community because really it's about justice. And sometimes justice means even when the community does not agree with it, but we're going to move forward in a fair and just manner. But we're not going to back down. And I just I, I don't come from that type of stock because the people who elected me told me to fight and I promised them and I'm not going to promise them anything less. And so I'm going to fight until the end. And if the people say they want me out of the office, August 4th, they cannot elect me. They can take it back to a period of time of mass incarceration. And that's what that's what they want. And I'm going to support whatever the people want. But I know the people who elected me in the city of St. Louis, and that's all people. It's all walks of life. They wanted me to fight and change this system we know has gutted and ravaged our community and devastated us for, for centuries with zero Kim, success. Kim, the 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 rhetoric they put out from Reuter and a lot of the other racist guys, they want to talk about you don't like police officers. First of all, I know Ronnie Robinson, Lieutenant Colonel Doyle. I know Ogilvy, uh, uh, Sergeant Ogilvy. I know all these guys are close to you and police officers in strong, high positions. Let's get this misnomer that you don't like police officers, which is ridiculous. Well, I don't like Jeff Ward. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like Jeff Ward. I don't like him either. I don't like him either. He's he's the problem, but he represents the business manager of the police union. And I don't Mm -hmm. like people who are silent to let him have his divisive racial rhetoric of of making everyone unsafe, even the people that he supposedly represents, he's making them unsafe with his rhetoric of divisiveness. But I do support law enforcement. We work well every day. My office entertains thousands of cases every year. And the fine men and women on the police department and in my office, we work well every day. But it's funny, DJ, remember back prior to me, right? Everybody was complaining, the police and the prosecutors too close, right? Mm -hmm. Now when it gets to me, I gotta have a popularity contest for everyone. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, no one likes the prosecutor. I mean, that's the that's the funny, the craziest thing. But I can assure the public, the police and myself will work well together. There are going to be issues that we are we are we don't agree, but we agree to do our jobs every day. The police are one part of the system. They're the investigative body. They don't make determine what charges, who to charge, what to charge. That is for the prosecutor's job, and we have to all understand the lanes that we're in. But we have to stop people like Jeff Rorta because I don't even know why he's around. But he's around because the powerful few want to keep him in place. And that's why they allow him to do the most damaging, devastating stuff. And then it's sad because I served with him as a legislator and he was still a clown back then. And so I didn't support him back then as well as as a House member. And I don't support him now because his rhetoric is divisiveness and, and racial undertones are not welcome here. So you're saying he should be part of the Barnum and Bailey team? I think that's disrespecting Barnum Bailey. I think it should be the, <laughs> I don't worse. know what stuff this is. <laughs> He's worse than the Barnum Bailey. Well, let, let, let me let me let me say this to you, Kim. Um, when, when we when we talk about the work you've done, the reform, the the accountability that you've made to police officers, and even made your office and everybody in law enforcement understand accountability. But you know the thing that upsets me once again when you got a black woman who's fighting her behind off to help preserve the rights of all people, the first thing they say, she don't know what she's doing, she's incompetent, she's stupid, that pisses me off. Talk about that. Well, I just think, like, again, it's the fear and misinformation. I mean, when you're changing the system, people are comfortable with holding on to what they know, and they only know what we've been doing mass incarceration and the failed approaches for for centuries. So when you have someone speaking something different and want to do things different, you have to understand that a lot of people from many different walks of life are uncomfortable. But, you know, we we know we uh, celebrated the life of Mr. John Lewis and we have to get in good trouble. And we see if he was comfortable and people said now's at the time, where will we be? You know, so we have to really push for it. We know that we have um, success, like in our diversion programs, we have less than 1% recidivism rate. We know when we focus our resources on those serious and violent cases, which the community wants, we hear people, you know, time and time again saying, well, why can't people come forward when someone's life is cut off? And that's what we should be focusing on. We shouldn't be focusing on low-level nonviolent offenders. That does not mean we don't hold those individuals accountable, but we have alternatives to get them back on track and to make sure they don't go further in the crime continuum because we have to deal with a lot of different layers and 
and issues. People are victims. You are a victim today, a perpetrator tomorrow, and people go in and out the, 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 the victimization continuum. And we have to address trauma. I'm, our young people are traumatized. Our families are traumatized by violence that has been been involved since centuries. And we have been three times the national average even before I got in the office. And so violence is too high anyway. And But we can address that if we focus on those crime drivers. And that's why I want to work with the gang intervention unit. I want to work with Lieutenant Colonel Ronnie Robinson, work with those leaders that when crime was down, they were integral in understanding the community and really building trust with the community and their law enforcement. So we have to have the strategic approach of policing as well as prosecution and alternatives delivered to have a healthier, safer city. And on top of that, this COVID-19 pandemic is a new normal that we have to deal with. Kim, you know, when I look at you, I look at strength. Talk about your strength when you walk down the street and when you go home at night. I know as a, as a, as a man, and, and you you like my sister, I, I get, I'm afraid for you sometimes, but you still have the courage to walk with your head up and walk strong and say, I'm not scared. I'm, you you are the modern day, you know, person that the, the Dr. King, the, the the Mr. Lewis, and the folks who sacrifice to make it better for others. You got a hell of a sacrifice you're doing for this community, man, because they don't want you to to help protect poor black folks because it becomes economics being locked up. Talk about that courage of yours when you when they threatening you. They talk about hurting you, and you still say, I'm still running to make changes, and you kept your word in making changes. Well, thank you, DJ. I don't I can't put myself in with John Lewis or, or Martin Luther King, any of those people. I, I'm not even close to them now. I I thank you. That's an honor. But I just I just feel like it's about the people. I mean, the people who support me make me fight every day because I know, but for the grace of God. I could be in a different position if someone didn't give me the love and, and, and actual help me, you know, get myself to go in this direction. See, many people think that you start off having a perfect life and you, you have a perfect circumstance. But by the grace of God, I have many mentors and people to help me be the Kim Gardner I am now. But in terms of fighting, you know, it was it was difficult, DJ. I'm going to be I'm going to tell you something I didn't tell most people when the people came from Ohio and protested outside my house. And they had said I was a Marxist. They they said I was uh, everything. Oh, we lost Kim. Hey Kim, we lost you. Hey Kim, look at your uh, your speaker. Uh, we lost my girl. We got to get this. Oh, she. Oh, we got to get her back on, folks. We we lost connection with Kim Gardner. Uh, are you there, Kim? The thing was is here. Hey Kim, are you there? Yeah, we lost we lost my girl Kim Gardner. We're gonna wait and see if we can get her back on shortly. Can you hear me, um, DJ? I can hear you. I can't see you, but I can hear you. I can I can see you, but I can't hear you. I can't see you, but I can hear you. They have called in, messed it up. We got a little technical difficulties with my girl Kim Gardner. Uh, hey Kim, can you hear me? Miss Gardner, can you hear me? Well, what we're going to do, we're going to keep this conversation going. Um, a little technical difficulty with uh, Kim Gardner. Um, he'll be calling back. But this is what I want y'all to understand. It is important for y'all to get out there and vote. And the people who live in the city, man, y'all got to show the deal that y'all can't, y'all ain't playing. We got to make, we got to make a statement, folks. We got to straight up make a statement tomorrow for Kim Gardner. We got to get out there and vote, and and I want to beat the brakes off her ass, that woman. We got to get out there and vote. Kim Gardner's just joined us back. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Kim. No, sorry. Um, what really was difficult is when they came to my house and when they had a picture of me, and they basically had, uh, I, I can read. I, I want to read this because it, it's it's put out by Jeff Rorta because this is the same people who um, time and time again you know, put out misinformation and this misinformation can cause me my life. But you know and what? Let, and let me say this, Kim, before you go, before you, while you're looking at, let me say this, folks. Did you, you understand the sacrifice she is making for us and the black poor folks and the, and the white poor folks in the community? 
Do y'all understand the sacrifice she has made? Do y'all truly understand what she is doing? They are talking about threatening her. They're talking about killing her. She said, hell with that. I'm going to fight for people who don't get a chance. Let me tell y'all something, folks. Some of you white folks who's watching. Poor white folks get treated just as shitty. Poor white folks get treated just as shitty. Do you understand that? Because they look at a white, a poor white person and say, hey, you just like them black folks. You got everything handed to you and you don't survive it. That's what I'm telling you. Listen to this story. I want y'all to hear this. We better get out in droves and and and, and blow the damn, I mean, a voting thing out tomorrow. Because they don't think we're going to come out and vote. They think we're not going to come out and vote. We're going to blow their ass away with Kim tomorrow. I'm sorry, Kim. Go ahead now. It says, evict Kim Gardner. When? August 4th. Where? Ballot box. It says Kim is the worst prosecutor in the United States, police union spokesperson, Jeff Rorden. Lawless, corrupt. Kim Gardner has a criminal empowerment agenda, St. Louis Police Officer Association. So this is just some of the things that they were knocking on my doors. They had a loudspeaker. And I'm not saying that people can't protest. I believe in the right to peacefully protest. Hey, so some people so came from out of town. They came from Ohio. So white folks. Yes, and they had dogs, they had their children, so it really put white folks came from out of town to protest you. Yes, listen what I'm saying, folks. White folks came from out of town to protest Kim Gardner because she's trying to do the right thing. Let me tell you, if you weren't doing the right thing, they would treat you like they treat Wesley Bell. See, they would treat you like Wesley Bell. I mean, he ain't got no guts, and I don't, I don't need you to comment. I'm saying this, they would treat you like him. Oh, don't say nothing. I don't want nobody attacking me. Uh, Miss Brown, uh, Michael Brown's mother, made a statement on the news yesterday, saying she said the pro uh, on, on on a video yesterday, saying in the meeting with Wesley Wesley Bell, the county prosecuting attorney, he told her this is out of her mouth on video, told her. Hey, I don't want them coming after me like they coming after Kim Gardner. What kind of bullshit is that? I don't want them coming after me like they coming after Kim Gardner. Listen, y'all, folks, listen what I'm saying. A, a, a black man telling a, a, a black woman and her and, and the father of a deceased and, and the mother of a deceased young man who was murdered saying, I don't want to say anything. I don't want to do nothing because I don't want them attacking me, coming after me like they're coming after Kim Gardner. Listen, folks. Oh, my God. That is amazing that a man would say that. That yeah, is can, I, can I say this? Can I say this real quick? mother said it. I'm not making this up. The mother said it. The mother said Wesley Bell said to me in the meeting, I don't want them coming after me like they're coming after Kim Gardner. You know what they you know what Wesley Bell saying? I'm not gonna take a position to try to do the right thing to preserve black and poor people's lives in corrupt system. I'm gonna stay away from that. I'm gonna do what's popular that all the people the money and all that could, could, could protect me. And, and do things for me. That's a damn shame. We better get out tomorrow and we better come out in freaking goddamn roles. And boy, we better, I want to blow this bad lady, whatever her hands out. I, I want her to be so bad that we send a message that we're going to protect ours. They protect theirs. We got to protect ours. I'm sorry, Kim, go ahead. But well, no, I just want to give you perspective of what they've done. So they, they like I said, December 18th, 2016, they came and basically said, we're going to make sure you don't win if you don't support 100% whatever the police want and how they want to do their their, their job. They also came after the Stockley uh, verdict, police union lawyers said, basically told me with witnesses, they said, hey, we don't feel that police should be subject to the same process when you're investigating any incident in terms of criminal uh, activity. They told me that if I don't guarantee them immunity completely and, and never investigate a police officer, 
they would stop doing their job. So this is what people don't understand is they come to you and they will threaten you and tell you what they're going to do. They also threatened me and told me they're going to take my law license. They said they're going to ruin my um, my credibility. They're going to ruin my political career. And that was one of the threats that the Greitens defense attorneys and, and other status quo tacticians that are all related, you know, and they're able to do this. So when you put it in perspective, it's the powerful few who want to control their power because they've always controlled every level from the police to the prosecutor. And some may say the bench and you can do the math. You know, I'm everybody can, it's, it's up to open. You just got to open your eyes and see it. So they come to you and tell you, Hey, we're going to put out and say, you're dropping every case a lie. We're going to put out after you say 36 looters and rioters, we're going to put that out that you're lawless. You're, you don't care about violent crime and they're able to do this. And so that's why we need, police and prosecutors to be in a, a appropriate perspective where the, the police union is out of balance right now. We have to call for them to stay in their lane where they're the bargaining unit of individual officers in an employer-employee uh, setting. They should not have the power to talk about and to actually be amongst uh, political pandering and impeding justice. And that's where these collecting bargaining agreements, and we need to call out the mayor who is the person who negotiates through the public safety director and the chief, those collecting and bargaining agreements. They're in secret. You know, we spend our money when the police, some police don't do their job the right way. And I think the public should actually see what is inside those collecting bargaining agreements. And the police union should have this enormous power to be able to, to impede whether a officer who is found to be not trustworthy, because also, I had the former exclusion list and Brady list. They sued me multiple times for this exclusion list that they're the ones that act like I did something to them and it's it's legal and we just won that. But that was like a couple of weeks where the judge actually ruled in our favor. You never heard of that because they're not going to put mm -hmm. that out for the media because that's a successful outcome for the circuit attorney's office. So let's, let's make sure let's make sure we, we, we slow on that one. So the exclusion list. Now, people don't understand the exclusion list was started years ago, years ago out of town because it was a case that a police officer, a young man murdered, uh, was in a, 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 a murder situation, some young guys. The police officers withheld, this is on the East Coast, withheld the information about what happened. Come later on, the information come out years later that the police officer did not give all the information on that case. And guess what happens? The judge comes back because the kid, the guy was a he was a, a part of the, the crime. He didn't do the shooting. He was he was with the with the guy who did the murder. But they said the guy did the murder. What happened, folks? The judge finally come back with the evidence. Evidence showed that the guy did not do the murder. He was on death row. They took him off a of death row and still gave him life in prison. But in that case, that changed the whole dynamics of what you're doing. Exclusionary uh, list of police officers are not giving them a proper information. And they try to make it seem as if you're the only prosecuting attorney in the country that does this. And it's done all over the country. And then let me say this. What really pisses me off, Channel 4 should be ashamed of themselves. All the stories they're trying to run on you about your trip out of town and these things like this. And, and she, somebody paid for it. They should be ashamed of themselves. But you understand, when they control, folks, that's why on Facebook, that's why you got you to gotta share this video to everybody. Share my conversation with Kim to everybody because she tells the truth. You know why? Because they suppress our, our our truth, right? And then they put it out there. When they control the narrative, they control how we move. That's what they do to Kim Gardner. They don't they don't have this, they don't tell you that it's legal what she's done. They talk about all the stuff. Oh, well, we're investigating it, trying to discourage us from voting and giving and saying we got a person with high integrity because them white folks who's in that office all of years didn't have the integrity. And the record proves that. You had a case with a, with a, with a young person, a young man, 
that you saw later on, this guy's been in prison all this time for some a crime he didn't commit. You say, hey, this guy ain't guilty from the information we got. Guess what happened? The judge said, stay out of it. It ain't your business. What kind of? Yeah, well, they said stay out of it, and they injected the attorney general in, and the attorney general has fought tooth and nail for Lamar Johnson, who we found overwhelmingly through our conviction and integrity unit that um, he's innocent. And and you, you have the attorney general, Eric Schmidt, who wants to go into the Michael Flynn case and talk about prosecutor discretion is central to the justice of the criminal justice system and undo for, uh, I guess, political uh, comrades. I don't know what they're doing. It's That's not what a prosecutor is supposed to use their discretion. The discretion is to justice, and that's the only thing that gets the benefit of the doubt. So when you have people who want to pretend like they care about violent crime, they care about the city of St. Louis, look at their record when they were, they have a record when they were senators. And mm -hmm. both of Governor Mike Parson and Governor um, Eric, uh, AG Eric Schmidt were both state senators when I was a legislator. And I was the only, one of the rare legislators who stood up on the House floor begging my colleagues. I said, when you get the gun laws, and when you enact stand your ground laws, you're going to make the perfect storm of hopelessness. And that's what we're dealing with. And I told them uh, over four years ago what was going to be the outcome of his bad policy that they enacted. And they said, thumb the nose to the city of St. Louis and the people of the state of Missouri. And that's what we're dealing with. So now they want to take these gun cases to the feds, which is unlawful possession. And that's all they're prosecuting in, in the in the felony jurisdiction as unlawful possession of a, of a firearm for prior felons, which are not low level. Those are low level nonviolent individuals. So you're putting people in a system and mass incarceration in the fed system, which is also not a good proposition because you're doing nothing but the same failed policies again of the eighties that we know do not work. We're not addressing those violent crime drivers. We're not doing that. And so when they want to say, I'm not, I'm not prosecuting, I'm not doing things. Well, they're using, they're creating this narrative that's false for everybody. And then, by the way, we have Boyer v. Uh, Gardner, which is also the, um, the the Missouri Supreme Court, where this the police union basically tried to get the court where they did disqualify me off of an officer-involved shooting case because I was prosecuting um, the underlying case where the officer was a victim and they had an open officer-involved shooting case, and I won that. So we've created uh, uh, benchmark cases because it's been um, what they told me from day one. They're going to impede reform. They're going to make it difficult for me to do my job. And in spite of we fought, we've done the things that we need to do, but we got we have to have people get out here and vote. Please don't listen to the misinformation. Um, of course, we have a lot of work to do. It, three and a half years is not enough time to even scratch the surface of what we need to do. But we've been dealing with the failed policies for centuries. So we got to look at how we're going to address violent crime. And it's from the root cause of what drives individuals to the criminal justice system. Not this failed, tough on crime rhetoric that does nothing. Does nothing. Can we run? We, we, we got about three minutes to go. I want you to tell people why it's important to keep Kim Gardner in office and why should they come out and vote? I want you to tell them from that passionate heart that I love you so much. Why it's so important that we come and vote for you tomorrow. If you want a person that can continue to do the reform efforts that we know are successful and that we know we can work, then you'll vote for me. You vote for me on August 4th because in spite of all the issues that we we fought and we won, we basically have done positive things in the community and to build safer communities. But three and a half years is not enough time. But if you want to have the failed approaches of yesteryear, then you want to vote for someone who takes 16th century uh, tactics and they're trying to put them in a 21st century problems, then you'll vote for my opponent. Ah, we lost my There you go. Hey, Kim, we lost you. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. There you go ahead. There you go. If you want the real solutions for the very real problem. Uh-oh, we lost my girl. We lost my girl. But let me, let me, let me say this, folks. And um, we lost Kim Gardner. Hopefully we can get her back before I get out of here. Uh, we got a few minutes. But this is what I'm saying, folks. It, it, it is important that we understand what's going on. If Kim Gardner was not upsetting the Apple cart and the old boys network, they would not be out there like that.
you name it since I've been living in St. Louis on this earth. I've never heard the president of the United States. Never heard, oh, here's Kim going back. We got you, Kim. Go ahead. If you want the real solutions for the very real problems, you're going to vote for me because you need someone with the experience of being a former legislator, a registered nurse to deal with this COVID-19 pandemic and the unique challenges of really addressing the harms that we need to address to make our city safer. And you want someone who's a former prosecutor to really look at how we can pursue justice, not merely convictions. So hopefully you will reelect me because I'm a fighter. I'm gonna fight for what's right in spite of all the attacks. I'm not backing down. I'm not gonna be bullied, nor will I back down to power. Truth to power. If you want somebody who's gonna speak truth to power, you're gonna reelect Kim Gardner. Well, Kim, let, let, me, let me say this while you're on here with me. I've had the pleasure for knowing you for years. I, I, I knew you from years back and I've always had major respect for you. And uh, the love that you've given me and the community for years has been great. But, but I'm gonna tell you, 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 and I was just telling somebody this story today. I lost my mother eight years ago. And that was one of the most difficult things that ever happened to me in my life. She was so special. My mother, Eddie Mae Benya Johnson, was so special. And I live, anytime I talk about it, I get emotional because I know what she fought for. You know, I, I know my mom meant to me. And the man I am today is because of her. You know, um, and, and I saw the fight. When I look at you, you remind me of her. We was poor in the projects. We didn't have a dime. But we didn't know no better. My mother did not, you know, did everything she could to take care of us, to provide for my family, my brothers and sisters. And when I look at you, Kim, you remind me of the strength of my mother. I remember she was protesting in front of the welfare office. She called me and asked me to come up there and, 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 and protest with her. And, and I got, I got, I got, um, I like, Mom, I'm in the NFL. I can't do that. Yes, yeah, she did. I went up there and I protested with my mom, folks. And I walked around with a sign in my hand saying, We got to help others. That changed my life forever. That's why I give back. That's why I do what I do. Kim Gardner is that person that reminds me of my mother, Eddie Mae Binion Johnson, and she was so strong. Kim, you're so strong. I, when I look at you, I just, I get emotional because you, you, you're the spirit of my mom. And I want to thank you for being that spirit of my mom. And thank you for being that person that, uh, that we need to support. And DJ, I just want to say it's an honor for you to even compare me to your woman your mother i knew i heard of your mother and all the things that she's done and inspire you to do the great work through the demetrius johnson foundation and you inspire me because i know that's how you really help heal the community is you get you have to give love to community that needs love and really that's how you solve violent crime many people think that it's this uh cookie cutter approach it's caring about people and no matter where you are, you know, um, that's what we try to bring is fairness and justice and humanity to people who think that people don't treat them fair and just. And, and your mom, I, I've heard good things and I know the, 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 the stock you come from. That's what inspires me because I saw the work, you know, when you handed out and feeding the community at Thanksgiving, making sure no kid or no family is hungry. That is powerful. And for you to even do that with your mom and then continue to do that when you don't have to do that. You could be somewhere and, you know, living nice and making more money and never having to look to St. Louis, but you do that. And that's where what, what keeps me going because we need people like you who are change agents doing the things regardless of whether people give you media attention or not. It's about doing the right thing. So I thank you because you inspire me and that inspires me to keep pushing because it's not about us. It's about the people. And when somebody says you help me, that's the greatest joy. That's what keeps me fighting. When somebody says, you changed my life because you gave me an opportunity, Ms. Gardner, I never sat in front of a prosecutor and actually thought somebody cared about me. That's what keeps me going. I mean, we're talking to people and people are saying, 
I'm glad you care. You care about the community. And it's not because they want a certain outcome for themselves. People just, a lot of times people are not the worst of what they've done. And we have to start bringing us back in line with what other communities do. You know, we can solve violent crime if we just start giving people the care and concern and not waiting until they come across our desk. It's thousands of kids that we lose to the system if we just gave them attention. That's why you, your stuff is so important. You try to get them scholarships. You try to get them into different programs. I mean, that's that's the key. Well, I'm going to tell you this, Kim. I'm going to be out there doing whatever I got to do tomorrow, folks. I want us to come out and let's 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 make a statement tomorrow. Let's protect this woman who, who who's our guy, our girl. She's a rock. And, and 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 somebody just said it, the way to go, Kim is a rock. You know, and the and the, the response I'm getting on uh on Facebook on this on this has been great. And I'm telling you so, folks, we need to get out there and vote for Kim Gardner. I swear to you. And and, and I'm gonna tell you this. Uh, Michael Brown's mother, Ms. Madden, made a profound statement in the in the very difficult decision uh, situation she was going through yesterday, or the day before yesterday, when Wesley Bell denied to open that opportunity to give him a fair and equitable chance. She said this: "I wish Kim Gardner was a prosecuting attorney in the county. That's a grieving mother." Who lost, who lost her son in a terrible, terrible situation and said, just deep down in her heart, I wish I had Kim Gardner as our prosecuting attorney. You know what that says to me, folks? It said, Kim Gardner is going to be fair. It's going give to give me a chance to, to, to get my son to do justice that he deserved, even not living here. Kim Gardner would do that for me. And if a mother who lost her son will make that statement, it tells you the quality of person that Kim Gardner is. Kim, I love you so much. Thank you, DJ. You're my friend. And and hey, I'm, I'm out there with you. Let's go bring this baby home. Folks, let's go out there and whoop some ass tomorrow. Let's show these people in this community that Kim Gardner, folks, that Kim Gardner does mean something to us. You are rock. They've tried to destroy you. They try to come after you. They've done all kinds of stuff to you. They've come on lies on you. They come after your family, your friends, the discouraging words, the, the, the unbelievable. My kids, I can imagine my kids sitting up there listening to somebody saying all this stuff about me every day on the news and, and be able to smile. You're a strong one. Hey, y'all, this is the one. Kim, I look forward to rocking and rolling with you tomorrow. Let's beat the drum, folks. Let's get them out there. Kim Gardner, are you ready to rock and roll? Because we got work to do. We got work to do, <laughs> Kim. Hey, champ. Hey, champ. You the champ. You the champ. You got work to do. I got work to do. We got your back. I'm looking at all these people. They tell me we stand with Kim. We love you, Kim. We trust you, Kim. God damn it, I feel good about it. I feel good too. Thank you. I mean, tears coming out my damn eyes tonight, man. I'm humbled and honored. Because I love you, man. Thank you. I know what you're doing. I see all these powers in this town, folks. Kim Gardner's not one of them. They they threatened to kill this lady. They got people coming from out of town marching in front of our house. And she still ain't ain't, 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 ain't blinked the eye. And standing up to him, God damn it! I want to fight with you. I'm more. You know what they say? In a, in a, on in an army, they say my, the, the guys used to tell me it was an army when they was in a war. They got the trench right, and they and they look at their partner and they say, "Hey man, I got to take. I'm, I'm about to go to sleep. I need you to make sure you watch my back while I'm asleep. Tim, I'm about to go to sleep. I need you to watch my back while I'm sleeping." Because I know I'll wake up tomorrow. I Kim Gardner, it. thank you for joining us. Thank you, DJ. I appreciate you, it. I'm so honored. I'm honored. Thank you. Thank and you. folks, thank you for, for watching us. Thank you for listening to us. Get out there and vote for my girl, Kim Gardner, tomorrow. We'll see you tomorrow at the Victory Lab. See you, Kim. Yes, right. thank you. My girl, Kim Gardner. Folks, thank you for looking and watching. You have more of these kind of interviews. 
in-depth interviews coming down the road. Thank you. And listen to me every Sunday morning from 8 to 10 on Hot 104.1. Thank you. And share this video, folks. Please share this video to all your friends tonight so they can get out there and vote for Kim Garner tomorrow. We got to keep her in the house. Thank you, guys. Thank you, girls. Thanks, everybody, for looking and watching. I appreciate it. Thanks for your support. I'm out. I'm done. Thank you so much.